Good morning, and welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ here in Mesa, Arizona. I'd like to wish you and your family a happy Memorial Day weekend, and we hope with this long weekend uh, you're able to enjoy some time with your family, but more importantly, some time with the Lord, that you have time set aside um, for prayer, that you have time set aside to read his word. And today, my, prayer, my hope is that you have time set aside to worship him because everything good in your life comes from Jesus Christ today. And today we praise his name for everything uh, that we have, everything that we do, everything that I do in my life, all good comes from Jesus Christ through me. So I'm so thankful um, that Christ um, is alive in our lives, that Christ is here today with us, and I pray that we might be able to lift up his name. Um, our brother Austin is going to introduce our service today, and I'm so excited for what God has in store for us. Um, so let us bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opportunity to worship your name today. Um, we're so grateful for your grace, Lord, because for while we are yet sinners, Lord, you died for us, that you left the throne of heaven, Lord, knowing what was in front of you for each and every one of us today. And I pray that uh, this little service today, that whoever is listening, Lord, that you might speak to their hearts. Lord, that um, our hearts and mind might be open to receive your message. And whatever it is in our lives that we are in need of today, I pray uh, that you might fill that. So I pray that you would be with uh, Brother Austin as he leads us. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, we're going to start out with a, a song um, that I would like to share with you. Just uh, again, as I've been telling you, as the Lord uh, blesses me with praise hymns and things that I hear, I want to share them with you. Um, again, maybe not your style of music, whatever. Um, I, but I pray that it's a blessing for you today. But before I share that song and before we play it, <clears throat> I just want to read a scripture found in Ephesians um, where Paul actually offers a prayer. And um, this is my prayer for us today. Uh, you know, these, these words are timeless. They continue to have meaning unto us as we read the word of God and, and we um, internalize those things and we meditate upon them. And I hope and I pray today that God will bless you in these words. And it's found in the third chapter of Ephesians, the 14th verse. It begins and says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us 
Unto him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I pray that you'll enjoy this song as we play it this morning. It starts out in the first verse says, There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. And I pray that Christ would tear those walls down with you today. I pray that you'll enjoy this uh, praise and worship as we go into it now.
what's up? It's Torin Wells. Thank you so much. So, hope you enjoyed that this morning. I, I don't know about you, but um, the Spirit of God just in, in song is just alive for me. And, and um, you know, uh, part of that medley of songs there that was performed by Torin Wells and, and another group, uh, just another awesome uh, singer. I know I've referenced and used his songs before. Um, it talks about, uh, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you, Lord. He's given us breath. He's given us life. And it's our duty to praise him and to glorify him today. So I pray that you enjoyed that song. I, I pray that uh, maybe it prepared you for the message that's coming through today. And uh, that God would be with us. And the theme you may have seen um, is, is, is a question today. What is God asking you to turn over in your life? And, you know, we continue through as we continue to meet uh, virtually. And we continue to have not as much opportunity to gather together and to be together but my hope and my prayer is that in this time that God would bless you and that he would be with you and that he would teach you the things that he wants you to be turning over in your life. And I'm going to use a scripture. Uh, hopefully it's familiar to you, but if it's not, that's okay. Maybe today's the first day you're hearing it. God bless you in, in hearing the word of God because as we read the word of God, um, it should fill us and it should draw us to have uh, examination and uh, question the Lord in what he would have us to hear. And so I pray that that does that for you today. Uh, it's found in the fourth chapter of Mark. We're going to start in the first verse. And uh, we've got about 20 or so verses here. And I might jump around just a little bit, but for the most part, I'm going to go through it. And he says, and he began again to teach by the seaside and talking about Jesus here. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entereth into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. Well, I'm not sure. Again, I kind of referenced this last week. We never would have thought that we would um, have church buildings all throughout the valley uh, each and every Sunday through the month of March, April, now into May. And as God blesses you and, and you stream this in your homes, we have church buildings throughout the valley and hopefully throughout the world. And yet there's this multitude of people that Jesus is addressing. And he says, And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, and because it had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield forth 
or did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so that's my hope today is these words are timeless because they're from our Savior Jesus Christ, the same person who gave us breath that we would praise and glorify the Lord. And he says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so I pray that you have receptive ears today, that the word of God would penetrate your ears and also your hearts. Oftentimes when we meet as a ministry before we meet, that's, that's my prayer oftentimes is that not only would the message fall on receptive ears, but on receptive hearts as well. Because just hearing the word is one thing, and it's good, but it's not everything. And it needs to have, find that root and find place in your heart that it would swell up within you. And he's going to continue on and kind of interpret this parable, which he just uh, proclaimed to them. Uh, and when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable and he said unto them unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables and reference an old testament scripture that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them and he said unto them Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside, and where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the words immediately, receive it with gladness. And have not root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as the word the hear, that hear the word, sorry, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness and riches and lusts of thing, other things enter in, choke the word, and is becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown in good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. And I would ask you today, where, are you, where do you find yourself on this spectrum of ground and this ground that the, seer, the sower is sowing these seeds upon? Excuse me. And I tell you today that there's four, to me, very different types of hearers today. There's the unresponsive, those that hear the word, but really don't internalize it, don't really want to hear it. And the fowls come and they take those, which could be referred to as Satan coming immediately to remove those seeds and put in doubt and fear and all those things and just not allow the hearer to even hear them and remove them so that it's not there, even as a remembrance. I pray that 
no one today that's listening would feel that way. Maybe this stirs within you a desire to learn a little bit more and to know what the ground is that you're cultivating in your life. What is it that God's asking you to turn over in your life? You know, when it comes to ground, um, and I'm not a farmer or any kind of stretch of even a gardener by any stretch of the imagination. Sometimes we plant a garden, and Nicole does most of that for us, and you know, we buy some fertilizer and we put it in the ground and sometimes we got to bring a little bit more dirt in and we, we mix that dirt together. Well, there's a lot of fertilizer, and I'll use that term loosely today, that gets thrown at us. And there's a lot of fertilizer that kind of can lay on the top of the soil. But it takes us taking that step to turn it over and to mix it in with the the earth, and the soil that we want those seeds to fall on. And so that's why I asked that question, what is God asking you to turn over in your life so that that, that, that fertilizer can develop and, and enrich the soil so that you're not like this first person who the soil that just hits the ground and it's gone. The second person is an impulsive people. Um, and I think we can all relate to this from time to time. They receive it quickly, but don't cultivate it and don't turn it over and nurture it and care for it and, and take care of those things and then easily are offended and turn away. And so when the message of God comes in your life, you, it sounds good and it feels good, but you don't do anything to develop it and to nurture it and care for it and, and when trials and situations come in your life, it, we're easily offended, as the scripture says, and we get upset and we think, God, how could you do this? How could we be found in this situation of having a virus that is keeping us in our homes and, and helping to cause us to ha- not be able to have as much work and employment and, and have opportunity for toilet paper, of all things? And we're easily offended and then that dies. The word that was planted, that we received so quickly, dies. The third person or third group of hearers that I think are there today are those that become preoccupied with everything else around it. So they, they hear the word and the good news and they receive it and they're excited about it and they cultivate it a little bit and it starts to grow within them. But then it kind of gets pushed to the side. And maybe fears or riches or the desires or affections of our hearts start to take over. And we don't allow that word of God and that, that those seeds that are sown, the seeds of faith and hope and charity, which is the love of God, to grow within us to a point that it's all our, of our life. And instead, we push it off to the side, and it's kind of secondary to us. Yeah, when it's convenient, I'll listen to the Word of God. I'll read the Word of God when it's convenient. But today, I've got to do this. And today, my master is this. And today, I have to do this. And tomorrow, I've got to focus on this. And when I have time, then I'll turn to this. Turn back to the Lord and do some cultivating 
And to me, Christ is telling the, the, the 12 and, and those hearers at this time that it's not enough to just hear it and put it on the back burner. The fourth group of people that I think he's referring to are those that I kind of referenced before. They're receptive. And not only are they receptive, they're responsive to the seed. And their desire is to see the fruit grow within their life. And not for themselves. Sure, we receive a blessing from Christ. And we receive the gift of salvation and the gift of the Holy Ghost. And yes, that's a guiding force for our lives. But the fruit, our desire is that we would have the fruit to grow and to allow others to partake and to see the fruit which is evidenced of God working in our lives. And it's not to lift us up, it's to lift him up. Because if we go back to that scripture in Ephesians, the 20th verse, and it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. It's his power that works in us if we allow it to and if we cultivate it and we're responsive to the seed and we care about the fruit in which we would produce. Sometimes we don't care about the fruit. It's if, we, if we just want it all to be about ourselves, to me, we're more like those people who, who allow the distractions and the other things to take hold because then it's all about us and not about him. But when we give and we're receptive to the power of the Holy Ghost and we're receptive to the word of God and to the faith, which is a gift from God given to us, it swells within us and it overflows because he is able to do exceedingly above anything we could ever ever hope or even imagine within our lives. I talked last week briefly about us putting him in a box that's convenient for us. And I'm guilty of this. I do it too. I, I, I wrap my mind sometimes around the things that are so limited in scope, forgetting that God is so great and so powerful and he wants to change lives. Do you think Christ told this parable so that it would encourage people to be stony ground? I don't think so. You know, ironically, if we talk about, um, you know, the uh, COVID-19, I think it's 15, I think they talk about, or whatever, 15 pounds that people are putting on because they're not able to get out and do things like that. Well, I'm not at 15 yet. I'm probably at about 10, I would say. And, And the sad part is, I'm still going to work every day, and I'm still doing the things that, that are required of me every day, and I have, really have no excuse, but other than I'm a stress eater, and so that part has affected me. And instead of taking those things to exercise and do those things, um, it, it's allowed a little bit of weight to come back on, which, hey, weight comes and goes. But it's taking me to a place that I need to grow and develop. Um, so Wyatt and I were working in the backyard last week and ironically we were cleaning up some stuff and I happened to step back 
and I stepped on this wood railing that we have um, that it's kind of like a retaining wall next to the swimming pool. And as soon as I stepped back, it just cracked and the whole wall basically fell backwards. And, you know, if that wasn't a wake-up call for me, like, hey, you better start exercising again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but lo and behold, what had happened is we had a water leak there for a, a, a while, and it had all rotted out the wood that was there. And so when I stepped back on it, it just hit it just right, and the whole wall just fell down. Well, why am I telling you this story? Because we had to dig out, and this time I was like, okay, we're not using wood. We're going to get some block, and we're going to put it in there, and and, and do these things. We're going to do it right so it lasts a little longer this time. And so we had to dig out the trench. Well, part of our problem is there's stone in the ground. And, you know, whether it's some small stones or even some bigger stones from when they built our pool, you know how sometimes they just throw concrete, leftover concrete, and just kind of lays there. Well, it forms this clump, and it's very difficult to get out, especially when you're trying to dig out so you can put some some uh, some pavers down and so you know I, I get the pickaxe and I'm like trying to break this thing down and uh, you know it, finally we kind of got to a point where we were able to get it to a point that was pretty level all the way across and I bring this up because sometimes what the Lord is telling us even as I use this kind of funny experience of stepping back and the wall breaking to remind us that we need to continue to cultivate and we need to continue to grow and we need to continue to turn things over in our life to the Lord. And I could have just been like, well, okay, well, I'll get it as flat as I can, but no, then the retaining wall will look like a wave and I don't want that. And who knows how long that'll last. And so you just continue to turn these things over. And so I bring this up because sometimes the Lord uses, I believe, this parable to teach us that we go through these situations in our life. And I think at times we are all four of these hearers and these, this type of soil. And I'm going to use Peter as my example in, in this because you know, Peter was very impulsive, and we talk about that many times. And, um, you know, when they came to the garden to get, get the Lord, Peter grabs the sword and smites off one of the ears of, of the, uh, the soldiers. And, and Christ immediately heals him and says, it's, it's not, this is not the way. And so Peter is impulsive. And, and yet Peter was one who did great things. And we look at him as an example. We've got books in our scriptures written by this man and are fulfilling and lift us up and teach us in ways that are so wonderful. And that's why I love Peter as our example, because to me, we go through these situations in our life. And all the reason more why I'm saying, what is the Lord asking you to turn over? Maybe it's we need to turn over that stony ground that maybe has started to, to come in our lives. And maybe we need to break it up a little bit turn it over, pull out those bigger stones, just like Wyatt and I had to do to get the ground level again and allow what needed to be done, to allow the foundation to be laid so that we could lay those stones again and that it would be, you know, 
correct and proper in our life. And I would say maybe sometimes we need to it take some work. Sometimes we got to get out the pickaxe and we got to break the stones up. Peter, in the 21st chapter of John, after he had denied the Lord, and so again, Peter boldly proclaims before Christ was taken that he would never deny him, never. And Christ predicts that after the cock crows thrice, you will have denied me three times. And Peter's like, no way would I ever do that. But yet when the rubber met the road and they were going through this struggle, Peter indeed do what the Lord did, what the Lord had proclaimed. And Peter, I'm sure, was struggling through this. And Christ is crucified. And, you know, Peter in this scripture in the 21st verse, or sorry, in the 21st chapter, um, in the third verse, he says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, well, we'll go with you. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. So Peter goes back to what he knew before. And to me, this is kind of that third person where he gets preoccupied with the circumstances for which had happened. Christ was taken. He was crucified and he was dead. And he says, well, I'm going to go fishing because that's what I know. That's what I know how to do. And some of the other disciples with him said, well, we're going with you. In the fourth verse, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have ye any meat? And they answered him and said, no. And he said, Cast your net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Therefore the disciples whom whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, so John says to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. And did cast himself into the sea. So he throws himself and he can't get to the shore fast enough. Here Peter had gone back and kind of allowed that ground to become, you know, stony in some aspects of his life. And to allow the things that had transpired to discourage him to the point that he went back to what he knew. And what he found in this story is he was not successful in fishing. Because it's not what God had called him to do. When Christ called him, he called him to be a fisher of men. And that's what Jesus is going to teach him here. But at this point, Peter went back to what he knows. And so sometimes I feel like, and I'm guilty of this myself, we go back to what we think we knew better. When the Lord calls us out of something, when the Lord turns something over in our lives, sometimes we go back to what we feel most comfortable with. Because that's just our human nature. We think, well, I'll just go back to to the things that I know. 
And sometimes they're not even sinful. Sometimes they are. Sometimes it's sin. And, you know, I, I preached a sermon once about don't be a vomit eater and don't go back like dogs to your own vomit, to those things that are sinful in our lives. God's removed them and we don't want to go back to them. But sometimes they're not even sinful. Sometimes they're just distractions. Sometimes it's Fortnite or sometimes it's Instagram or sometimes it's uh, a desire to be elevated at our job, or sometimes it's, it's those things that are not necessarily sinful in our lives unless we allow them to consume our lives and to take over that spot in which Christ wants to be the center of your life. <clears throat> the beauty of this story about Peter is it doesn't end here. You know, here he had denied the Lord, as Christ foretold, and he goes back fishing, and when the Lord sees him, he calls him in, and he says, you know, he, he goes on into this chapter, and he says, lovest thou me? And, and, and Peter gets upset, like, Lord, you know we love you. And he tells them that he needs to go feed his sheep. And he's teaching him, as I said, that he was called to a greater calling, to be a fisher of men and not a fisher of fish. Because, yes, they needed to provide for their needs, and God knew that. And Christ already had fish on the fire, and he said, come and eat when the disciples came to shore. Christ already has what you need in your life. He's there proclaiming it to you. To give it to you, if we would just turn the soil over in our lives, turn those things over that we need to turn over and bury, that Christ could be alive within us and swell within our breasts and to give us that strength that we need. Well, I'm going to jump to another scripture because Peter continues in this example. And in the Acts, the second chapter, this is often referred to as the day of Pentecost, um, where the Holy Spirit comes and people are speaking in tongues and everybody's understanding in their own language and understanding. And, and people are declaring, well, what is this? We don't understand this. And Peter boldly stands up. Acts 2, 14th verse. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and saith unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For everything that you see is not some drunken situation that was going on, as you're supposing, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is, they, or this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servant, servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood 
Before that great and notable day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Peter goes back to the word of God, which undoubtedly he had known his whole and was raised understanding. And Jesus Christ proclaimed to him a, a message that fulfilled the law of Moses, that brought to life and brought this scripture from Joel alive in Peter that day. And Peter boldly proclaims and gives understanding to all of those that hear. And I'm going to jump over some of this here. I encourage you to continue reading this. But um, in the 30, uh, let's see, 38th verse. Then Peter, oh, sorry, 37th verse. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do. And so those that were there were hearing what Peter was proclaiming and what was going on. And the hearers then cry out and say, what shall we do? And maybe you're sitting in your home today or wherever you're at listening to this and the message is coming to you and you're thinking, okay, well, I've had heard about the parable and this different ground and these four things. Well, what is it that I do? And Peter, again, boldly proclaims what Christ had been teaching him in his ministry, in all of that time that they spent together. He says unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord shall call. And so that proclamation that Peter gave that day applies to us today because the word of God is just as much a part today as it was back then. And the proclamation that Peter proclaims is the same proclamation that I'm going to proclaim to you today. Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you might receive the gift of salvation and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that it might come upon you that the soil, that what God is asking you to turn over in your life that it would allow you to be seasoned and receive that wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost not to be stamped out, not to be destroyed but instead that it would be a, that nourishment and that fruitful life that you can live and proclaim so that others might see and ask, what is it about you? And you might proclaim that it's Jesus Christ in your life. It's him crucified, that he would be the lover and the giver of all good things in your life, and that you might proclaim it day after day, month after month, year after year. No matter what trials would come, no matter what viruses might be upon us, no matter what society might tell you, that instead you would be lifted up in the power of Jesus Christ, with the spirit of Jesus Christ. And I proclaim that to you today, just as it was proclaimed to me in my life. And I had to come to an understanding, and I had to receive it. And I'm so thankful today that when the message came, and those seeds were sown, that I allowed the spirit which I had heard most of my life but really didn't comprehend or grasp or understand, it fell on that good soil. And I was able to turn over the things in my life 
to the Lord. That he could be my savior and my redeemer. That he could be my best friend. That I recognized that he had given me breath. That he had given me life. And that my praise would be unto him. That my praise would be unto my savior Jesus Christ today. I pray that you would receive the message today. That you might turn over what the Lord's asking you to turn over in your life. If you find yourself maybe in a feeling of discouragement or despair or depression or whatever it is, turn it over to the Lord. He's asking you to do that today. And that's what I want to proclaim to you today. Turn it over to the Lord. He's the one that's able. When we try and do it on our own, we fail and we fall. I've tried before and it's it's not a good place to find yourself because the excellency of the power is of him it's not of us and it's him working through us allow him to work in your life turn these things over to him turn over the things in your life he is able to save you His desire is that you would have fruit and that it would be multiplied 30, 60, 100, not for your glory, but for his. I pray that God would bless you this week. I pray that you would find encouragement in these words this week. I pray that you would find encouragement in the fact that Peter, an apostle of the Lord, struggled with challenges, struggled with being impulsive sometimes, being um, uh, preoccupied sometimes in the things, but that ultimately God used him. God is looking to use you today if you will turn over these things in your life. May God bless you. I love all of you. I pray that God will lift you up, that he will be your strength. And may you give him honor and glory and praise because he is the one that gave us breath. And so the breath that we, that we have in our lungs, let us praise him today is our, my prayer. May God bless you is my prayer. What a beautiful message um, we heard today. And I apologize that there was a little snafu with our uh, music today. But... As I sat in the back, I asked myself the very question is, well, what type of here am I? And as Brother Austin so beautifully referenced, none of us are perfect. And I think so many times we find ourselves in each of those categories. And I think unfortunately for me, I find myself being unresponsive. I find myself being impulsive. I find myself being preoccupied from a relationship with Jesus Christ. So as I sat there in the back, I asked myself, well, what is it? What is it that we desire? What is it that we're looking for? What is it that awaits us? If we do turn over these things and we become a responsive hearer of God, 
In the song that Brother Austin referenced at the beginning, I'll read you the lyrics. It says, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, there's no lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. You give yourself away. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. You see today, as we sit there being unresponsive, as we're impulsive, as we're preoccupied with so many things in our lives, this is what's waiting for us. A Savior who doesn't stop reaching out towards us. And that's the most beautiful thing of the message today. That no matter how bad of a hearer you might feel you are today, the love of Jesus Christ is still reaching out for you. The love of Jesus Christ is still there for you today. All you have to do is say, I'm here, Lord. I'm ready to be responsive. I'm ready to change my life. I'm ready to turn over these things that are holding me back from you. It's our desire that each of you looks inside today, finds those things that we can turn over, that we can change through God's help, through his power, Because it's his breath that gives us life today. I pray that you enjoy the rest of your weekend together. I hope that our worship together was uplifting. That we can look towards Jesus Christ and we thank him for his love. His never-ending love, his reckless love for us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his love that never ends, that is constantly reaching out for us, that is constantly there if we so let him into our lives. I pray, Lord, that we might be responsive hearers today, that we might be excited, that we might turn over things and take away things in our lives that distract us from you, that we might fast, that we might pray, that you might give us strength, that you might open up your word, As we study, Lord, Lord, as we pray that you might answer, and I ask that everyone who's watching today might be filled with your spirit. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We pray for those who are sick and those who are afflicted. And Lord, we long for the day where we can worship together. And I pray that um, your spirit might be sufficient for us until then. We love you and we ask this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Have a wonderful week. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.